0: I was the driver for the drive-by of the neighbor's dog. Dad had always hated him, and he said, come on, son, get into the Viga now, and I'll go get my shotgun. It was a military holiday, and kids were everywhere. I hid behind the steering wheel and tried to disappear. Tried to speak but couldn't Dad was whistling and drinking beer And prayed, dear God, if you save this dog I will never get high, I will never jack off I will do all the things that I should But not be a good boy from now on and turn around the corner soon Saw the neighbor's yard dabbing up a cigarette And rolled his window down and grinning like an idiot Stuck his head and body out And I prayed, dear God, if you save this storm I will never get high, I will never jack off I will be all the things that I should but not be a good boy from now on, I'll be a good boy from now on. Well, he popped in a shell, took aim with the gun, then a flash and a bang, the target was gone. It jumped up and it ran away, Dad, it shot right through his chain. take me to the dairy freeze I wanna have a shake We sipped on the benches there we Stared out on the lake And daddy's never said another word about that day And I hope you're not disappointed, God Cause I still get high I still jack off and you knew I was lying, but you still saved that dog. You're such a good God. Yeah, you're such a good, good God. And I say, hallelujah. I'll be a good boy from now on.
1: Howdy hobos! Welcome to part two of tonight's special double feature of the virtual campfire. My name is Mark. I'm still your camp host for the night. Welcome! So Tonight we're gonna be this this next episode we're gonna be talking with uh Daniela chick Grekjik. I'm slaughtering her name and I even know her name and with the as a guy with the last name of Hammerschmidt, I should always get last names wrong. But we're going to talk to Daniela. She's from Canine Inspired Change. She's a, a dog trainer, a yoga instruction, a yoga instructor, and an all-around beacon of light. And if you're not following her, you should follow her. Um, check for the links to her Instagram pages. So, if you joined me a few minutes ago for the first part of tonight's double feature, you just heard me babble for a little while about Hobo Safe Camp. And just listening to it has given me goosebumps because it's exactly how I feel about this open lines radio. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first part, go back and listen on SoundCloud. You can listen on Mixler. You could listen on artbellisdead.com. There are so many ways to listen. It's not even funny. And not not just to this there are there's a whole wide array of broadcasting going on with Open Lines Radio, and we're hoping to get more. So, but but here's where we have so far. On Sunday nights, I, I co-host a show called Open Lines with Holly and Mark with my like the coolest person ever, and she's so cool and she's so smart and it's just I could I get to just coast I get to just be uh, be dumb while she kind of carries me because like who she is she's the person who carries me so join us and what what do we do on open lines with holly and mark we talk about anything and everything whatever you want to talk about it's open open lines if you what you got to do is you got to connect with us and we'll put you on and man it's been so much fun so far so join us on sunday this is at 9 p.m pacific this coming Sunday we already have a couple of guests lined up and I'm excited. It's going to be so fun. On Mondays we have the Monday Mixtape. And this upcoming Monday we're having a listening party for Rosie Copacetic and for their Pneumonia EP, the brand new Pneumonia EP. So tune in and listen to the songs. Hear what they have to say about the songs. It's going to be so much fun I can't wait for you to listen to it. I wish you could listen to it right now but you got to wait for Monday. And then of course Friday nights where you're here with me right now is the virtual campfire where we are playing back old episodes of the virtual campfire and that's what we have going on here tonight with Daniela and what she's going to talk to us about is like overcoming addiction and not letting the tragedies of your past dictate your future and I mean it's just it's just inspirational so I I, I don't even want to keep talking about it because I'm not doing it any justice so let's just get to it If you listen to the first half, you don't want to listen to me talk anymore. You've just heard me talk for 20 minutes straight. And if you haven't just heard me talk for 20 minutes straight, go back and listen to me talk for 20 minutes straight after you listen to this. So let's just take a deep breath and exhale. Take a deep breath and exhale. Take a deep breath and exhale. exhale. pick up the tin can telephone Daniela ramble on
0: I'm just a rambling hobo I ramble all alone I'm just a rambling hobo I ramble all alone ain't got no one to love me no place to call my home. So, what's going
1: on with you?
2: Um. So, my main focus right now is, well, of course, my nonprofit, profit um, right. United Inspire Change, also, you know, the sobriety, but it all t- ties in together. Just the continued quest for you know higher vibrational living I guess and um so for me that I, I tend to live up kind of in the ethers and I like to be up there you know the 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 worldly kind of minutia kind of gets on my nerves sometimes <laughs> so you know um Uh, dealing with a lot of that and trying to just manage it a little bit better. But um, we got a really great grant uh, to work with a place called the Neighborhood House um, here in St. Paul. And um, that I'm not sure if you're familiar with Paul Wellstone, but he um, founded that and was just a really forward thinking politician and died in a plane crash. But um, the Neighborhood House is all about, you know, connection and, healing and we're all one community and, and let's quit being separate and let's help each other. And it's in a lower socioeconomic area that tends to be influenced by um, kind of gang violence and, you know, drugs and splintered families and things like that. So uh, we just got a big grant to go work with them. We're super excited. Nice. Yeah.
1: So is this with your, um, with the canine inspired change or is this something yeah. different?
2: Yes, with Canine Inspired Change. So um, then we'll go in and we'll do some Canine Inspired Change sessions with them, which entail, you know, training dogs, working with dogs, sending therapy dogs through uh, like a mini agility course. They, the, the participants send the dogs through tunnels and over jumps. They do this course. They learn how to guide a dog through something like that. They learn um, how to uh, troubleshoot and work through frustration when doing that. Also, they're doing it in front of a crew. So they learn self-esteem and the power of vulnerability. And, um, you know, uh, there's just a lot of good that happens in, in those sessions. That's cool. Yeah. So that's been a biggie. And then the other thing is I have a fundraising calendar that's happening Right now, called Canine Inspired Minnesota, because that's where I'm uh, located, and we are um, just reaching out to cool people doing good works and featuring their dogs in our calendar. Um, awesome. And yeah, and kind of like you with you know this this whole podcast. Um, instead of like putting a calendar together that features you know shirtless men, <laughs> or, like <laughs> right. Bikinis, or even you know, I don't know what I just thought. What would I do if I didn't have to worry about money and I would feature people who I think are doing really cool things?
1: (laughs) Nice, that's awesome.
2: And so we just reached out, and then one thing led to another. And lo and behold, we've got some awesome people in it um, and their dogs, including our governor, Mark Dayton, who's amazing. So cool, uh, yeah. So that's you know, that's been a big production thus far too but it's
1: it's fun that's awesome yeah I don't I we've talked before but I don't know that I ever asked you how did you get into like how did you come up come upon canine inspired chains? like how did this like what brought you to to the dogs
2: so well I think originally I got into dog training because I had no idea what to do with my life and I love dogs and I took a dog training class just with my own dog and I loved it and um just reached out to that instructor and said hey how can I do what you do and then like started a really long apprenticeship in which I you know didn't really get paid much money and I'm um, still had to work you know a variety of other jobs and, um, but you were just, learning
1: to train dogs,
2: but I was learning to train dogs,
1: just general training. Or was this yes. like yes. specifically for therapy dogs?
2: I had no idea about therapy. Okay. <laughs> you just like working with dogs. Yeah. I like working with dogs because I mean, in retrospect, I know it's because people scare the shit out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good choice.
2: Less and less, you know, the more I, you know, do some work with, for you know, within myself but you know, back then it was definitely the case. And so, um, so yeah, I just was learning how to train dogs. Like how do you tell your dog to sit? How do you get your dog to stop jumping on people? How do you get your dog to, you know, listen to you basically. And I just kind of found that I was kind of good at it. And, and then, um, you know, over a series of a few years, I was able to make a living at it and quit all the other kind of background jobs, which, you know, didn't really mean anything to me anyways. Um, And then when I was fully ensconced as a professional dog trainer, making my living at that, then that's when, like, the drug addiction and alcohol (laughs) slammed its heavy hammer down. They're like, okay, you're in the perfect position now. Let's see if you can handle this. (laughs) Um,
1: And how did you handle it?
2: (laughs) um, Well, the dogs were a big part of helping me because I – Right at the very end. So it was about a five-year period of just, like, you know, pretty bleak uh, existence. Um, Prior to that, it was just like, let's party. What do you think think...
1: set that on? Was it just having fun and partying that led to it, or was, like, something else going on?
2: Um, I think it was a lot of unresolved childhood issues that I didn't quite to be honest, quite even remember, they didn't even really surface like, uh, you know, some pretty, um, pretty harsh trauma, um, you know, from childhood, just every kind of abuse you could think of. And I, I just started to remember these weird things and it was like, why am I thinking this? And, and then why am I acting this way? Which, which, um, this way means going out and drinking till I'm blacking out and I don't know where I am and I'm, what is happening? I don't want to do this. And it just seems like it's overtaking me. And then the catalyst was I broke my wrist when I was training a dog and I was prescribed Vicodin. And yeah. then that, it was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. this will obliterate any harsh feeling. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly
1: you have this prescribed yeah. drug addiction.
2: Oh, God, it was like childhood trauma plus like prescription painkillers equals like done. Done (laughs) I I know. (laughs) I've been there
1: myself at one point in life.
2: (laughs) Oh, Lord. um, And then that was about a five-year stretch of like, I can manage this. So This is great. No, it's not. I need help. Don't want to tell anybody. I can do it on my own. Oh, my God. No, I can't, you know. And so at the very end of it, I was very close to, like, losing everything. Like, I was missing work and lying and getting caught in lies. And, um, like, the one thing that really, really mattered to me was my career as a dog trainer. And I just started with therapy dog work um, at that point in time. Um, And I immediately thought, this is something I need to do like this is a purpose for me like this is a higher purpose even though I didn't really have the verbiage for it at that time do you I was... think
1: subconsciously it was you needed them to get through it oh yeah 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 the dogs like you you, you you needed to to you were training therapy dogs for yourself
2: 100 <laughs> percent. I mean like literally yes exactly completely I mean, it was all the, when I look back now in the timeline, it's like, oh, of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I, I started, I was given the opportunity to do this therapy dog work. And I, I for the first time in my life, without any, you know, um, usage of drugs or alcohol, I felt like this is something that's worthwhile. Like this is something that's greater than me that I can facilitate. And it was, right at the end when I was like, I really need help. But I was so afraid to tell anybody because I was like a silent user. You know, I wasn't out partying till midnight. I was just every day, silently killing myself, taking copious amounts of prescriptions and uh, I needed it to get through the day, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so um, I became, I came very close to losing all that. And so I, that was my wake up call. I just went to a, a doctor that I trusted and it was, she was a female and she had refused to give me any prescription painkillers like I had asked for. And I could just see something in her eyes. She knew, but she was still kind. And um, this part still makes me get teared up because she was (laughs) an angel in my life. Like, I can't even believe this happened. And now going back and talking with other sober people, it's pretty rare, but um, I just went to her and said, listen, I'm, so addicted to these pills. I don't know what to do. Nobody knows. Like I need help. And she helped me.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. And then I, I, um, if you want to know the details of that, it was like, I had to taper down, uh, over the course of like a month, but I of course couldn't hang on to the pills because I've just taken them all the right. first day. <laughs> So, um, I had to tell my husband and he knew something was wrong, but like he, I wouldn't tell him what I was just like, Oh, I'm sick. I don't know why. <laughs> and
1: it's really for Vicodin.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I, like, I, I told him everything and said, you know, here, you need to administer these to me. And, you know, he was amazing. He, he was like, anything I can do to help. I'm so glad you came to me with the solution. Like, cause I wouldn't have known what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, you know, he did. And it was a humbling experience. And then I got involved with, like, 12-step groups and found some women. And uh, in the beginning, it was really the women that I needed around me. And then, uh, you know, I was able to help other people in that whole grouping. <laughs> and, you know, the rest is history. It,
1: it, is, it is really rare, though, to find help like that because, yeah. you know, usually you, you kind of – you get like, – like you say, you have an injury and you get prescribed these pills – and then you get addicted to them, and then they realize that you're addicted to them, and they usually just cut you off. And right. you know, and that's the extent of it. And right. then you're left right. now what, you know? And that's when you kind of fall into harder things, I think, because oh,
2: yeah. they just cut you off. One, absolutely. Um, and this, you know, this this particular doctor, she was a PA, so I just think she was. Yeah, I don't know. That makes her that rises her up in my eyes for some way, but she. Right. Um, she said to me, listen, it's going to be super hard. I will help you. you get one shot at this. And here's a, she printed out a list of like, um, treatment centers. And I didn't want to go to an inpatient because first of all, I didn't want anybody to know. And second of all, I, um, I didn't want to be away from my dogs. So I found a, an outpatient treatment center. So she's like, tell your husband, have him administer them and go you know to this outpatient treatment center find one and also making a 20-minute appointment with me once a week and i will see you and i had insurance so i did that and and that's what we did and she is literally an angel and and also it's just kind of struck me as funny that like i was fighting so bad like a big part of me delaying getting the help was i didn't want anybody to know and here i am <laughs> podcast and like I've had articles written and I just will shout from the rooftops because it's not it, you know it's separated from ego it's not you know like it happens to so many people and we need to talk about it because this prescription pill epidemic in our country is bananas
1: it really is it's it's crazy it's like um and, and it's and it, you're right it's it's shame like it's it's this there's this shaming that goes along with oh, yeah. it that it's like, how could you let this happen? And it's like, well, the doctor wrote me a prescription. <laughs> I, that's, what, that's how I let it happen. I happened
2: to be, you know, molested as a child. Um, and then I got this prescription and whoops, you know, there's gangbusters there, you know. Um, and now with, like, documentaries, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of Prescription Thugs, that documentary. Um, <laughs> and there's a couple other ones out there that, you know, are really outlining the destruction of big pharmaceuticals uh, you know that they're wreaking on our our kind of country and it's all you know follow the money trail <laughs> right. goes to big pharmaceutical people and guess what now they have a new prescription pill that will relieve your constipation so you can be on the prescription painkillers for longer i mean is that not crazy or what
1: it's insane right So, how has um, this might be a weird question, but like, has all the stuff that's been going on with Prince has that been like sending you into like
2: yes, yes, back totally? Well, as a as a Minnesotan, right? Oh, right. You know, there's that too. Like, I grew up with Prince. I loved him. I met him at a nightclub when I was like in my early twenties. When he used to still go out and club, he used to own a nightclub downtown Minneapolis, and True story. Me and my friend met him. His bodyguards, you know, brought us up. We got to talk to him a little bit, and then when he left, we went and took his straw that was in his drink awesome. and put it like in a shrine in our apartment. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, to Sam, a prince fan is uh, you know an understatement. So yeah, when all this went down, like immediately I felt a kinship, you know, even greater than I already did, and I just. Uh, like feel so sad because I get it. And then at the same time, I feel super grateful that I made it, you know, somehow. And um, sometimes the trappings of wealth, you know, can, can, can be your coffin.
1: Um, yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, I, I didn't even, I didn't even put the, the Minnesota part together with you. Yeah. So, so it's probably brought back like a flood of, have you been, like, feeling yourself, like, reliving it, or are you now thinking, like, how do you help people more?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I go to a lot of meetings, um, so I see it a lot. You know, I've had a, 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 a close person in my life, you know, OD and die. I mean, like, I see it, we see it all the time. It's really prevalent. So most of the time when things like this happen, you know, I just I'm left feeling super, you know, sad for them, but also just very super grateful that, um, you know, I was able for whatever reason, I mean, definitely a reason beyond me to uh, get out of it. And I think a big part of the reason I was able to recover is because, uh, you know, I have this higher purpose going Um, and I know and I have a vehicle to help people.
1: You have a a big support system, too. It seems like you're lucky in that. Regard as yeah. well. Seems like seems like your husband was there for you when you needed him, and you had this PA there for you when you needed. Him. And and even just the, the, but you know you had that. You're the one that that had to come out of the closet with your yeah. addiction. So I mean even even that's a, a huge
2: step. Right, and you know, and... <laughs> sharps. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we like, yeah but... that one. we like what you just said there, Mark. Exclamation point. <laughs> Oh, and like beyond that, you know, why why certain people recover and why they don't, like it's beyond us. I think, you know, it's the divinely kind of in, tuned world that will, with the with our human brains, never will quite understand. I know it's definitely beyond me. I just feel grateful. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, I think there's also a level of vulnerability that if you're able to tap into that that will affect the degree of your success in, you know, trying to stay sober. Cause you know, obviously I'm a very outspoken open person and, and, and also I tend to grandiosity, which can be a character defect too. But, um, you know, I think to say, you know, here I am, this is what happened and I'm not holding anything back. It's, lends to kind of a transcendence from the pain because there's nothing to hide anymore then, right And so the shame comes in if you're trying to hide things and the shame, you know that will lead to disconnection, which will lead to you know really that's the silent killer.
1: It's kind of this uh, fine line between. You know, you're letting your ego go, but also uh, living with these uh, delusions of grandeur. Because I think some delusions totally. of grandeur are important. To totally. Keep going.
2: totally get it. Yeah. Hey, we're in the process of writing a song right now. So I know delusions of <laughs> I happen to have this musician who's a really big contributor to our board. And she's like, let's write a canine inspired change song and put it on iTunes. I'm like, yeah, I'll sing. <laughs> so. I'll keep you posted on that
1: one. Right on. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what's, uh, so you've got, you've got this grant
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: that you're, so like, what what else are you, are you working on? I mean, that's that let's, let's come back to the future, yeah. to the present. Yep. We, we spend a little time there in the past. Let's Good. come back to the present. Let's, let's come back where it's light. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> we'll, leave it. the, we'll leave the past in the shadow.
2: I'm with you. Um, okay. So like, for instance, today, Uh, When we get off this uh, amazing little connection here, I'm taking my dogs to a grand finale of one of our Canine Inspired Change Sessions, which is the culmination of 10 weeks, meeting once a week with the students from Transitions Plus. And they are young adults between uh, right after um, high school. So they're no longer in high school and they're not quite ready for jobs yet. They all are on like the autism spectrum, down some um, fetal alcohol syndrome, things like that. Um, and so um, we are going to do the final performance in which they get to invite their friends and family. Moms and dads come and videotape and they get to nice. show off what they've learned um, you know, to, to their peers and family. So that'll be a super fun time today. Cool yeah that's way cool um and then beyond that in uh two weeks we start a 10-week session at the courage center which would be we'll be working with the uh teenagers who have been through um an accident and have a permanent brain injury so some of those kids have and they're young adults too have you know been involved in a drunk driving accident you know so that brings it kind of home to me too. Yeah. And you know we get to work with those kids and do our course, so excited about that.
1: Cool. How? So so you talked a little bit about kind of like what you know like what the dogs do, but like like what's what like how does it work? <laughs> like, like, like okay. What's the process of yeah. uh, like like uh, what, let's if you if you're. If, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking maybe a therapy dog would help, like how do you, what's the, like the first step you have to do to find someone to help? And then like, what's like the process of the, what like, c- can you take us like through a, the steps of therapy?
2: Yes, totally. So first of all, um, the program that I run is a little bit different than traditional therapy dog work. Therapy dog work traditionally is like somebody um, has their own dog in which they've trained to attain therapy dog status. And they go to like visit at a hospital or nursing home. And the dog, you know, is typically a little bit older and it lays by the person, um, you know, who's sick or injured and they pet them and the dog does a lot of good that way, which is an awesome thing to do. However, I've taken it a little bit. I've ramped it up a little bit and, um, So that dog training can be included and it will and it evokes social emotional learning. So first of all, the um, something to understand is that these therapy dogs are not dogs. They're different than service dogs. So like the therapy dogs um, that are involved in my classes come attached to a human. And that human is just somebody who loved a dog at one point adapted the dog bought the dog took the dog in whatever and thought wow this dog's super friendly really loves people I wonder if this dog could be a therapy dog and exactly.
1: then- there's actually like sorry to interrupt. there's actually like two ther- two types of therapy that are that's happening there's the owner of the yeah. dog that's that's taking the dog in to become yeah. a therapy dog and witnessing the dog helping people and then there's the people who actually, the students Ste-
2: yeah yep cool. so I think every dog's a therapy dog whether it right. wants to be around other people right. or not right you know they come to you and you they make you work through stuff or like find patients or you know, like whatever um but anyway so in this case it is um you know the human being that trains the dog to be the therapy dog and then once you have that status there's a bunch of different ways you can go about getting it there's a couple different registering organizations that you can um, just look online one is tdi-dog.org in order to get the therapy dog um, designation or registration for your own dog um, and then after that you're volunteering. So what I do is, uh, since I'm a dog trainer, I teach therapy dog classes amongst a bunch of other classes. And I recruit people like, oh my gosh, your dog would be a great therapy dog. Have you ever thought of doing this? Do you have you know, um, a spirit of service in your world, in your life? Would this something be something that you would want to do? Um, and uh, then I can direct them to you know, take the classes to make it happen, which are pretty affordable. Um, after that, then they register for my newsletter or they get on, you know, some kind of a, um, or they follow us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And I post, um, or send out newsletters to alert people, Hey, we've got a session coming up. We're going to be working with, you know, fourth and fifth graders at such and such a school every Tuesday for 10 consecutive weeks, you know, from one to two, or Hey, we're going to start at um, you know, the neighborhood house and we're going to be working with, you know, teen older teens, you know, so you they people have an opportunity to say, hey, my dog does good with this group or I'd like to try him with this group. And then, um, you know, if that works in their schedule, what they've essentially signed up for committed to would be 10 weeks, one hour a week to work with the same um, student with um, in a canine inspired change session that is led by me um and in that session then we start out with a group circle in which the students are sitting down with the therapy dog and the therapy dog's you know owner or human or guide leader whatever you want to say um and we go around the circle and just check in with numbers one through ten how are you feeling today You know, one would be not so great. Ten would be awesome. A lot of times towards the end, we get like a million. (laughs) Um, Sometimes, though, we get one or sometimes we get like a thumbs down because they don't even want to talk. And that's just kind of a tool to check in with, you know, how you're feeling, because sometimes we don't even know. We just know we feel bad, but we don't really know why or how. And then also we ask them to give the therapy dog a number. And we do um, this thing called three deep dog breaths <laughs> in which we take just deep, long breaths. And at the beginning, we're you know telling the students that this is really helping the dogs because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then towards the end, we kind of turn it inward to and tell and, and guide, tell them about how, you know, taking deep inhales and deep exhales can really help them no matter what situation they're in. Um so then, after we've done that group circle, we've done the deep breaths, we've connected to each other, we just kind of sat there and pet the dogs and kind of they're usually like taking their, taking their like uh, temperature of the room, like, okay, these people are weird, but <laughs> it might be okay. Um, and then I have a course set up, and usually the course consists of an introduction station. So the student would take the dog up on a leash, say, hi, I'm, you know, so-and-so, and this is my therapy dog I'm working with today. And then there's a little tunnel. They have to tell the dog, tunnel, and then there's a jump, jump, and then there's like a sit-stay where the dog will sit and stay. They have to trust that the dog will. That's a trust kind of issue, And then the or exercise. And then they walk down to another little platform, and they call the dog, come, and then they go over to the center of the room where they started, and they do a trick. Um, Any kind of trick that they've worked out with their, you know, human and dog partner. And we do that week after week, seeing, you know, their improvements. um, And they're able to build a lot of self-esteem through that. They're able to, um, you know, learn how to train dogs and have a lot of fun with it, too. Um, And then at the very end of the session, we do a group circle again in which we practice loving kindness, because at this point, they're open, right? Their hearts are a little bit more open, the dogs just do that naturally for them. And we do the deep dog breaths, we check in with numbers again, check out with numbers again. And then we turn to the person to the right of us in a big circle, and say something kind to them. And I, you know, we tell them point blank, this is about practicing loving kindness. Sometimes it's you feel awkward or embarrassed to look somebody at, in the eye and say something nice to them, and um, it's it's too easy to you know say shut up or whatever. Um, and we want to flip that around, and um, then we close it out with a big one, two, three, canine inspire change, <laughs> and that is that is in essence a uh, session. It's really
1: awesome. <laughs> I just I'm sorry I was just writing this down
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because just, just what you just said how. How um how how it's hard it's difficult to say something kind to another right. person right and 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 that just click hit hit me how it's how true that is like at all ages like just right. even to say you look nice right like, will usually say nothing you know
2: <laughs> right and um depending on the students and demographic that we're working with sometimes I'll ask them could you make eye contact with him and say that, <laughs> would that feel okay? And sometimes they can't. And then maybe the next week they can. Also, a lot of times when they first start, the students first start practicing with love and kindness, they'll look at me and be like, Joe did really good today. And be like, can you tell Joe to him his face that he did that? You know, and it's just this little gradual opening that happens. And you know, the dogs just hold the space for that. And then going back to my personal transformation, I feel like the dogs held the space for me to get well. And they just do they just do that naturally. I think animals in general, but dogs in this case, specifically um, change the vibrational frequency of kind of any area that you're in. And you know, if you tap into that, you can evoke a lot of positive growth.
1: Yeah, they just want to make you happy.
2: Yeah, they just they buy you know just like turning the the channel on a radio station. You know, there's different frequencies that are involved with different beings, and for the most part, you know, dogs, especially dogs that are you know happy-go-lucky dogs, the 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 type of dogs that are good therapy dogs, um, it just is is a very natural kind of frequency or vibrational upgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah, like because like with rabbits. I know a lot I know there there are a lot of that people use therapy rabbits, yeah. but I get, I get nothing out of a rabbit. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking into just blank eyes of something that doesn't even house a soul. I'm sure it does, but I don't know why. I just can't connect with a rabbit.
2: Well, you know, you know, that's okay. You're still a good person, Mark. I
1: might have been a coyote in a future life, and I just look at him as food, maybe.
2: I don't know. True that. Exactly.
1: I don't know. I want to. I want to. I want to look at a bunny.
2: Maybe one day the light will just shine. You'll be like, there it is.
1: <laughs> I do, I do swerve to miss them on the road, though. I don't try to kill him. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to eat them. I don't eat them. Um, no, that's really cool. Um, just, I just, it just got me thinking about kindness and how, like, I wonder, like, it's hard, it's hard to be openly kind and look someone in the eye and be kind to him because, like, that never happens to us either, you know, so you just learn through it, it, it never happening to just right. not do that, you know?
2: Right. And then it feels awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with teenagers, the toughest, the toughest are the teenage boys <laughs> Yeah, when they come and they need it the most. Right. Because their society is telling them to be tough and, you know, you don't show emotion and you are a man and, you know, all these things. And, um, It's it's tough to break through, but it happens every time there's it it always starts with them, like being kind to the dog and petting the dog and being really excited to see their dog partner. And like the the best letter I've ever, um, ever received was from a young teenage boy um, who was now going off to mainstream school in part because he had done our sessions for two years in a row. And he wrote me a letter saying something to the effect of, uh, well, first of all, thank you for um, doing this for us. This is something that nobody else did for us. And thank you. And then also, and so I like you because you, you, you've done something with your life. And it's just like still like I'm getting choked up saying it because it's like, wow. Like, thank you. <laughs> like yeah, that's cool. that. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're, you're sparking off epiphanies in my head, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm I know. This is awesome. This is a great conversation because um, you were talking about how, um, like, you know, with teenage boys where they're supposed to be tough, and it, it just occurred to me that, you know, even, like, the definition of toughness and, like, these role models that we as boys have, um, you know, these movie stars and action yeah. movies, th- those are really – just actors you know they're really artistic sensitive men who are portraying these yes. tough guys on film and it's yeah. like we never like we, we always just look at at the role right. that they're playing and not who the actual person is
2: right case in point Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine I mean he is the most theatrical dancey singy you know sensitive guy um and you know he's the wolverine but yeah absolutely it's such a crazy kind of dichotomy
1: yeah it's weird
2: it's very weird and you know and then on the flip side for the for the young girls you know they're being inundated with you know you have to look a certain way you should be you know um skinny and you know beautiful and be sexually attractive to people and you know, that's just bonkers, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, you know, it's just this uncovering of who you truly are is exactly who you're supposed to be. You know, I think that's what dogs do. They don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. This is who I am. There's no, like, mask or facade. And um, it, it's really, I think... So, um such a relief when you can do that because then you're just like, it's just, you know, I'm just this big, awkward weirdo who loves dogs and has a past of, you know, drug addiction. And that's just who I am. Like, what are you going to do? And it's very freeing and it's a huge relief when you just are who you are. Well, yeah, you're
1: able to release the past.
2: You yeah. Know,
1: because you just accept it, that it's happened. And, you don't you stop reliving it. And it just, you know, and you, you move on from it. Yeah. So I have kind of a weird question. And so, and and it might take you a minute to answer because it's coming out of nowhere. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So you, you finish a day of therapy and you you get home at the end of the day and you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking back on your day. Mm -hmm. What are you meditating on? (laughs) What are you thinking about? What, What are you, Danielle? Yeah. Once you've gone through the day and the day is over and you've yeah. seen change as it's happening and then you go home and you sit in silence for yeah. a minute, what's, what's the message that's coming through?
2: Um, I'm going to just insert here that I also do a lot of yoga and I am a yoga instructor as well. So it's. I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, during the day, um, I probably will have done some yoga. And so, um, I, uh, so going back to your question, a lot of times that processing happens during a yoga, like a a moving meditation session. And in that case, if I can get there, all I'm thinking is inhale, exhale, exhale, Move your arm, inhale, exhale, move your leg, inhale, exhale. Just let it, like, don't even try to think. You know, that's the goal. Right. Um, but um, But a lot of times, and I'm just like, when I just sit, I, like, start to cry because I get, I feel so lucky. I feel super, super lucky that um, I live a fulfilling, happy life now. Um. And that I don't feel sick every day and that I'm not hiding and like, you know, like I, I feel like I made it through something and I feel super lucky. And then... There are bad days when I the hamster wheel in the brain turns, and I think I have to call this person. Oh my gosh, I have to make sure that this person isn't sitting next to this person because I think that dog was too close to the other dog. And oh my gosh, I've got to call, do this grant and I've got to get a board meeting and oh my gosh, I have to meet with my accountant. You know, like yeah. there's bad days where, where that goes down too. And then I just like will read a book, like you know, like a book about just anything, not not any kind of self help thing, and and just go to sleep. Cause sometimes that's okay too.
1: It's it's interesting how how a bad day in your past yeah is, it consisted of, you know, alcohol and pills and and probably spiraling out of control and how a bad day now consists of administrative tasks. Right, <laughs> That's a pretty good place to be.
2: <laughs> exactly. Totally. And so usually even coming out of that tailspin, I can breathe in, breathe out. I do a lot of like calling in my guides, calling in my family of light, calling in Jesus or Buddha or whoever, an ascended master. I have cards like I go through and um, I'll call in somebody to help, um, and just, uh, let it go. Cause it always works. I mean, like it always works out if I'm sober and I'm trying to help other people, it'll always work out. <laughs> I right. absolutely. So cool. This is cool. <laughs> 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 there's, I'm just,
1: there's gotta be something. There's gotta be some darkness though in your, in, in your, or you just, are you just I may be being around all those dogs now and, and your yoga and you're just, you've just, it's just light.
2: Yeah. I mean, there is the darkness comes in where I feel like I'm doing a bad job. Like I'm like, I'm just this poser that doesn't really know what she's doing. And like, Oh my gosh, like I'm running a nonprofit. How, like I, I'm not doing it right. You know, that, that like ego-based kind of bondage of self
1: I think we're all posers (laughs) hoping we're doing it right
2: and then a lot of times darkness comes in when I feel like um but this is all when it comes back to that bondage of self and I'm just thinking about myself like I think people like I'll feel awkward about a conversation or I'll be like oh my god I'm the biggest weirdo like I didn't even mean to say that and I feel like I came away from that conversation they think I'm an idiot or they think I'm so stupid or I just they don't like me, you know, those things still come in here and there, you know, but I, now I have, you know, a way to work through it. And I just know that that's just not really real. Um, and even if it is real because not everybody's going to like me, I just, you know, focus on something else. Right.
0: No,
1: that's, that's cool. That's, it's, it's like you're, I don't, whether you, you, I'm sure you know it, you're a, you're like an example of, of like, how you can turn life around, you know?
2: I mean, I guess it's, um, you know, a lot of times I do wake up and go, oh my gosh, (laughs) like I made it. I do a walking meditation with my dogs every morning and where I just like walk with them and talk out loud and call in what I want to see happen in my day. And, you know, this is what I have going on. Please help me do this. Or if I have something that's eating my lunch, you know, please help me release that. And a lot of times I will like, you know, call in my higher self and there's this sense that like, I get really teary eyed uh, once again and think we did it like, holy shit, we made like, we did this. Like we, I believe I chose to, you know, our spirits choose to come into the bodies. They did in this earth walk that we, that we choose to for, for a purpose and that purpose is always to, like, reach a higher level of understanding or connection with divine. And most of the time, <laughs> the catalyst is pain. And, you know, like, you've got to go through some shit in order to dig deep and to get to that place. And, you know, I just feel like, wow. Like yeah. we made it and I don't think I, I think we, so I don't yeah, know.
1: I thought, I just wrote that down to you. said we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, that's a huge part of it is yeah. it's, it, yeah. it takes support, whether it's a yeah. dog or whether it's a spouse or a friend yeah. or a doctor or your, your guides, it's, yeah. you know, it's, not You're you're not alone. No. <laughs> and, no. And it's usually when you think you're alone that right. you can't get out of it right. where you're at.
2: Exactly. And then the little, like, fun things happen. Like, you get on Instagram and you see Hobo Safe Camp. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the coolest guy. Like, look what he's writing about. Look what he's doing. I love this. Like, how can I connect with him? And then you just, you know, gosh, that was over a year ago, I think. It was about and a I, year ago? Yeah, I think so. And then we sit here talking and supporting each other. I mean, that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, Instagram has been a uh, very—it's been big for me and my transformation. You know, just the connection, connecting with people, and what I like about Instagram that you don't have in real life. And and sometimes you have to remember you have to force yourself to remember it's not real life because when you're
0: yep. dealing
1: with real life you can't just hit block
0: yeah, you guess, can't
1: just yeah. not follow somebody <laughs> you know if you yeah. if you don't like the, the message you just <clears throat> I had somebody uh, DM me once that um because you know I have a lot of um a lot of people from all walks of life that follow me. Mm-hmm. And, and someone DM me and said uh, more more conservative person said you I noticed you have a lot of people who believe in witchcraft that follow you and some of them are starting to follow me and I, what do you think about that I'm, I'm more of a Christian and I I'm not, don't know if I'm comfortable with this yeah. and I said well if you're not comfortable with them then block them yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like you don't even have to say anything to them right you don't have to like give them your spiel you just have to just not look at it right and that and then you can kind of take the anything that's making you uncomfortable. To that kind of point, you don't have to look at and So sometimes it gets almost to a point where you can shape your world to be exactly what you want, and I guess that's dangerous too, but it's it's, it's more of an escape is the way it needs to be (laughs) looked at, I guess, than, than actual.
2: I mean, but going back to just the energetic components of the world, you know, the the quantum physics as it relates to spirituality, I mean, what you're putting out there on Instagram is sending a ripple effect of vibrations out to the people that see it. So I think that, you know, it can be just like any great tool. It can be used for good, uh, you know, as, as well as the opposite. So I think it's yep. just an awesome thing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: You're welcome.
1: <laughs> so how do people – get in touch with you or where where is your reach with your group with canine inspired change are you just in minnesota or are you just in are you in minneapolis
2: Or st paul minnesota st Saint paul. Saint paul minneapolis yep um kind of the twin cities area of minnesota however we are working on putting together a program in which you know you could buy it and um it would outline exactly how to implement this in your area um as well as an option for you know me to come out there personally speak to your group talk liaison with local like rescues or dog training places and kind of you know teach the teacher so um you know stay posted for that because certainly um we're seeing great results here where we have a behavior analyst on our board and she's taking um all kinds of awesome evals that you know we're we're able to present quantifiable data that this is working. Um, so as that continues, we're able to apply for more grants, and hopefully we'll be able to get a you know video prod um, product together for people to start doing this in their neck of the woods, you know, to affect greater positive change. Um, at this point in time, you can find me on Facebook, Canine Inspired Change, or Instagram, Um, it's C I C underscore therapy dogs, and uh, you know just kind of stay connected with us that way, and we'll keep everybody posted.
1: I have a feeling that um, this this is going to spread faster than before you're ready for it. (laughs) It's going to force you into that. You're going to be forced into that change. Someone (laughs) someone's going to contact you from somewhere else in the country, and and suddenly you're going to be
2: yeah. I mean, we want to help. There's and because the side effect is then people are volunteering and their their own spiritual spirituality is being elevated. And then dogs, you know, people are starting to contact me about, hey, I want to get a therapy dog. What do I do? And my first response is get an older dog from a rescue that you you know you can see its temperament because it's a little bit older, a mixed breed, and those types of dogs are typically you know, um, kind of been there, done that, you know, like they're, they're usually pretty easy going. Um, and you can tell right away because they're, they're, they're already matured, you know? So, uh, you know, so it's only a benefit to the, you know, the dog population as well.
1: Right. Cool. So we're going to be following you. <laughs> I, I follow you on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. So right on Danielle. Right on, this has been Mark. cool. We okay. gotta talk more often.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been it's
1: been like a year, I think.
2: Anytime. And you know, please, brother, if I can do ever do anything for you or forward your cause, you let me know and I, I will do anything I can.
0: I'll see. When my rambling days are over. And my gambling days are through. When my rambling days are over. And my gambling days are through If you tell me that you love me I'll be coming back to you